Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. I'm excited to preach this morning. And if you have your Bibles, I'm, I'm going to uh, primarily speak from a passage in Luke chapter 1. Um, but just to give you a little bit of context to the Scripture, this is, this is a, a, an ancient Christian hymn uh, that Zechariah uh, sings out. Uh, in, in, in under the power of the Holy Spirit in response to the miracle provision of God. And this is an amazing hymn. And, you know, it's referred to as the uh, Benedictus, which is the first word, praise be. That's that word. And it's something that has just been celebrated and marked throughout Christianity for, you know, since it was literally spoken. And it has been something that is extremely powerful. And we're going to draw a few things out of it this morning, which I think you'll enjoy. But uh, if you don't know the story in Luke chapter 1, basically there is this amazing couple, faithful, faithful, faith-filled couple, uh, Elizabeth and Zachariah, and they have been serving God. Like they are, they are like those people that, you know, you're at church. If church is open, they're there. You know, those people that are always welcoming you, always making you feel, you know, like you're at home. Those people that you just love so much. Um, they were like that. Uh, yet they had no children, and for them, in that culture in particular, it was a really tough thing to be journeying through life without having children. And then one day, Zachariah, who's a priest, is basically offering, uh, you know, on the altar of the Lord on behalf of the people of Israel in this place with God, and an angel appears. Gabriel himself appears and tells uh, Zachariah that you are going to have a, you and your wife are going to have a son, and you are to call him John. You know, and I love the name John. John means Jehovah is a gracious giver. How about that? And this is what this message is. God's going to give you a son, and this son you are to call him John. Now, John, <laughs> John realises and recognises, you know, in the natural, this really doesn't make a lot of sense. And so what he says, and I'm, I love the wisdom of John here. I mean, husbands, this is smart stuff. John says to the angel, he says, how is this to be? I am very old. And my wife, instead of calling her old, I am very old. He says, my wife is well along in years, right? <laughs> Just gentle way of saying old. But he's like, uh, I, don't, I don't know how this is going to happen. And Gabriel's like, look, I stand in the presence of God, right? And I have just told you something and it's going to come to pass. We're talking about God here. But because you don't believe it, you're actually not going to be able to speak until this child is born. And so John comes out and he can't speak and everyone realises that he's had this visitation from heaven. And so John eventually uh, is born. And when he's born, they ask the mother, what will we call him? And she says, we ought to call him John. And everyone's like, John, that's such a strange, no one in your family is called John. Why are you calling him John? So they go to the dad to Zachariah, and they're trying to get him to like, you know, indicate what he wants to call him. And he gets a tablet and he's right. His name is John. His name is Jehovah's is a gracious giver. His name is John. And the moment that he declares that, he literally can speak again. And what we are about to read are the very first words recorded from Zachariah's mouth after this amazing miracle takes place. So are you ready? Luke chapter 1, we're going to read from verse 67 all the way through to 80, and this is what it says. It says, His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. So recognise that this is from the Holy Spirit, a prophecy that he begins to speak out. It says, Praise be to the Lord. 
the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David, his servant, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, now he's talking about his son, and you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. We're now talking about the Messiah, talking about Jesus, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadows of death, to guide our feet in the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit and he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. What an amazing prophecy. What an amazing declaration about Jesus and about John the Baptist. So let's just uh, pray. Before we do, if you're taking notes, the title of this morning's message is The Why Behind Christmas. Well, Jesus, we just come to your word again just to discover more of who you are, of your heart and of the deep love that you have for your people. And I just pray right now, God, in every single heart in this room that by your Holy Spirit, you would be at work. Lord, whether people have been coming for years or maybe this is the first time they've ever walked into a church, God, let your love reach out into their hearts that they may know that they are your children, deeply loved by you, and that you would draw them to yourself as we explore what the Scriptures say about you and and what you have done for us in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. 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 Well, you know, one of the things I have discovered in life is that people are fascinating, (laughs) You know, I've come to believe that uh, if you sat down with any person and you asked the right questions, you would be utterly amazed at what you discover. There's not a person in this room that if you took the time to talk to and lean into and, and, and you know, ask questions and be curious about, you would not be amazed at who they are, their story, the gifts and the talents on their life. People are fascinating. You know, for me, I was just thinking as I thought about this point, the other, the other week, the week before last, sorry, I was at an event and we were just standing there waiting for something to, to arrive and we're standing there and there's a gentleman next to me and I thought, well, you know, why just you know, be on my phone? Let's just have a convo. So I start talking to this man. What's amazing is this man started to tell his story and he is an Iraqi refugee who is a Christian who had to escape persecution. And he was dobbed in by his neighbours and uh, was asked by his neighbours to give them $70,000 unless uh, otherwise he would um, sort of be reported to the authorities for sharing his faith. And he's talking to me about how they had to sell their car and his wife had to sell her jewellery. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is a hero of our faith in such close proximity to me that I could have missed this moment because of my lack of curiosity, because I was absorbed in my own world, because I wasn't willing to ask the question. 
You know, he's, uh, he went on to share an amazing story about how they had to get out of the country and whatnot, and it was just profound, and it re- made me remember that we can honestly get so much out of the people around us if we are willing to dig a little deeper. You know, one of the things I have learned is that kids are great at asking questions. Adults, not always so much, but kids, man, it's like second nature. They're so curious. And, uh, you know, and to not know something it's not a weakness to them. You know, sometimes we're afraid to show our hand that we don't know something, so we don't ask questions. But kids, they're just like brand new in this world. And so everything is to be explored. Everything is to be learned. And they can ask question after question after question. It's, 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 they're not too proud to ask questions. They want to know more. You know, one of the funny things about kids as well is that you're always only like three to four questions away from like an existential conversation. <laughs> I was like... Hurry up, we gotta go, we're gonna be late. Why? Well, you know, because time doesn't wait for anyone. Why? Well, you know, there's this thing called the space-time continuum and it's like, you know, it's just like next minute you're diving into physics or you're like, eat your dinner, why? Because it makes you sharp and strong, why? You know, so you can get the most out of life, why? Because kids, you know, just life's worth living. Come on, let's not, we've got to make the most of every moment. Like, wow, man, three or four questions later, you're talking about the deep things in life. It's, it's easy to get to these places quick with kids because they're curious, they ask questions. But as we age, one of the challenges we have is that we, we sort of start to lock things down into what we understand, what we know. And once we get to a point where we understand enough to be comfortable, we often don't want to ask more questions because it can disrupt the sort of stability of our life. But I've got to tell you, this is no way to live and this is no way that God created us to live and no Christian need live a life that uh, lacks that depth of curiosity. And unlike these kids who are deep diving into the world and everything is a wonder and they're caught up in the, the magnificence of life, you know, we can find ourselves coasting doing everything that we've always done and setting ourselves up in a way that means that we don't have any curiosity. Um, the, the, the Holy Spirit wants us to be people who draw out from who God is more and more and more. And one of the things I just want to start with this morning is that there is always more to God than you currently know. There is always more to your faith than you are currently aware of. And if your faith has become stale, mundane, maybe for you it's just following and going through the motions, there is more for you and all you have to do is just pique that curiosity, start asking the right questions, dig a little deeper and you will discover so much. And I honestly believe that what you will discover when you truly seek God will blow your mind, will blow your heart and you'll be so glad that you sought God. And this Christmas is an opportunity for us to do just that. You know, it would take all eternity to explore and understand the heart and the mind of God. And today what we're doing is we're just gonna take a moment to actually draw a little deeper, uh, draw a little closer and to go a little deeper with God so that we can discover a little bit more about Him. And uh, interesting that after more than 2,000 Christmases, we can still not exhaust the wonder of the Christmas story. And there is always uh, in the story of Christmas more that God wants to reveal to us. And so this morning, that's what we're going to do. Baz so brilliantly shared around the name given to Jesus, Emmanuel. God with us. And a couple of weeks ago when I preached, I shared around that verse that that talks about the name given to Jesus. And interestingly, in this name that is given to Jesus, we see the who, we see the what, and we see the why. 
We see the who of Christmas, which is God with us, Jesus himself. Jesus is God. The who of Christmas is outlined in this name. The what, the the incarnation, the what is the incarnation? It is God with us. It is him taking on flesh, becoming man. It is God entering himself, as Brad so brilliantly said, into our reality. It is his presence and his proximity to us. That is the what, his incarnation and what he achieved on our behalf. But today, what I want to take a moment to focus on is not the who and not the what, but I want to talk about the why. And the very last part of this name, uh, God with us, is the why. It is for us that God came. It is because of you and it is because of the person that you live next to and it's because of the person that, that, that um, you know, your friends with at work, your family, because of you, that is why Christmas exists, because God loves you so much. You know, what was God's motivation in Christmas and in the coming of Jesus? It was us. It was all of us. It was his children on earth. And in Zechariah's prophecy, we also see outlined with a little bit, I suppose, more words, the other who, the what, and the why. And so the who we see, it talk about praise be to the Lord. This is verse 68, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. The who that we see about in Zechariah's prophecy is the Messiah, is God himself coming and, uh, and being with us. The what? It talks about the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet in the path of peace. This is what Jesus came to do, to shine a light into the darkness and to take those who are living in the shadow of death and to bring about a light in their life that will never be extinguished and to lead our feet along paths of peace. This is what Jesus achieved. But when it comes to the why, Luke 1, 78 says this, It is because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. The why for God is His mercy for us. Mercy is one of the most incredible things that we often don't talk about, but all of us benefit from the mercy of God. You know, I love, one of my favourite verses in the whole Bible is in Titus chapter 3, and this small portion of Titus basically encapsulates the whole gospel. And I want to read a little bit to you right now. It's Titus 3, verse 3 to 6, and it says, At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another, talking about life without God, life before God is with us. It's almost like we're living out on our own and we're, we're controlled and, and led by all of these things that are not of God and it leads us to dark places. But when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared, He saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. The mercy of God is His kindness. It's His compassion. It is His pity towards a broken, hurt, 
and, uh, and um, a, a humanity who is in a difficult place. You know, uh, one of the most powerful pictures of mercy that we have in the Bible is a story that Jesus tells people to sort of help them understand the heart of God and how we should reflect God in our world. And this is um, seen in Luke chapter 10. It's the story of the Good Samaritan. Um, I might just ask our keys player just to come up if that's okay as well. And a little bit later, we're going to go back into a carol before we wrap up the service. But, you know, the Good Samaritan is this amazing story. And Basically, Jesus is teaching a group of people about the nature and the heart of God. And he's teaching them about the way that we should reflect that in our world. And he talks about a man who's walking along and he's robbed and he's beaten. He's left bloody. You know, he's left to die basically on the side of the road. Everything that he has is taken from him. And then walking down the road is a Levite who is one of those people that has been appointed uh, through, you know, their family to be servants of the, the temple. And they're part of this, you know, religious aspect to Israel. And Jesus says, well, there's a Levite and he sees this man and decides to cross to the other side of the road just to avoid him. He's probably got somewhere to go. Maybe he's running late to, you know, his appointment at the temple. So he just avoids this man, crosses the road. And then a priest comes along, another religious person, and he sees the man and also decides, I want to cross the road. And if you want to hear a great teaching on this, Pastor Brad earlier this year in January did an amazing teaching on the Good Samaritan. And you know what? This man avoids, the, the priest avoids this, this hurt man. And then Jesus says, then a Samaritan. In the context that he was talking, Samaritans were looked down upon. Samaritans were considered less than. Samaritans were sort of ostracised in that culture. And he says, but then a Samaritan comes along. And this Samaritan doesn't cross the road. This Samaritan sees the brokenness, sees the pain, and he actually goes to this man. He goes to this man and he picks him up, he tends to his wounds, puts him on his own donkey and walks him all the way to the next town where he finds an inn. And he goes to the innkeeper, hey, can you help this man come back uh, to health? And his money to take care of his needs. And if there's any more expenses, I'm coming back through here in a little while and I'll fix it all up on my account. You know, he doesn't have to pay for anything. I just want you to take care of him. And Jesus asked the question, well, who is this man's neighbour? Out of all these people, who is this man's neighbour? And the, the Pharisee was challenging responds by saying, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus says, well, you go then and do likewise. Do you know this story is about us reflecting God, but in it we can see the nature and the heart of God. And if you want to understand what the Christmas story actually is, it's almost like the Good Samaritan, where we are the ones who are broken. We are the ones who are lost. We are the ones who are living in darkness under the shadow of death. We are the ones whose feet are not walking in the paths of peace. And God, because of His mercy, looks at us and He says, I must go and tend to their needs and help them to recover and bring about healing and bring about life and remove the shadow of darkness and the shadow of death from them so that they may experience life and life to the full. He is the one who showed mercy to each of us. And that is why Christmas came about. The why and the motivation behind God and Christmas is His mercy. Christmas, you could say, is the Good Samaritan story in action on a, on a global scale, on a scale of, of creation and humanity. It is God tending to our needs, His heart breaking for our brokenness, lifting us, restoring for us, and on His account, paying 
for us to be made well. You know, it is an act of God's mercy that He came and an act of His grace that we are saved. It is His mercy that motivated Him towards you. And you know, this morning as I was praying and preparing this message in my heart, I just really felt just to pause in this part of the service and really just let the Holy Spirit just minister to people. Because there are people in this room and the idea of the darkness sort of overshadowing you, this idea of fear and living in anxiety and the brokenness that you may feel in your heart. And, you know, the reality of your need is not lost on you. You know it, you can see it. And I just more than anything feel that what God wants to do this morning is remind you that you are His motivation, that you are, He's not angry at your brokenness. He's moved by His mercy towards your brokenness. When He sees you living in darkness, and you know what, Titus explained it, it's not all just things that happen to us. It says sometimes when we live in darkness, we are, we are deceived. We live in a way that tries to satisfy our pleasures and our own desires. We hate one another. You know, this idea of unforgiveness and these things that aren't in the heart of God, they operate in our life and they bring death. And you might right now know and notice areas in your life that are not life and life to the full, that are not operating in the fullness that God has for you. And there is brokenness that is real. Well, this morning, if you take one thing away from this message, it is that God loves you so much and His mercy is so stirred towards you that He Himself came to bring about your healing, to bring about your freedom, to bring about your liberty, to bring about you being set free and being all that you are called to be. And you don't have to live in your brokenness anymore. Your Saviour has arrived. I love in Titus how it says, when the kindness and love of God our Saviour appeared. God loves you and His kindness and mercy is extended towards you. Jesus is the personification of God's mercy. God Himself coming to meet your need. And when we receive this mercy, as so many of us have, and if you have it in this room, today's your day to experience the love and the mercy of God. When you receive this mercy, there is something of gratitude that rises up in your heart. You know, what is the natural response to the mercy of God and the way that He extends? He is all powerful, as Baz shared brilliantly. He is almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, the creator of all that is seen and unseen. You know, we are talking about God here. Yet here we are in our brokenness, receiving God's very presence that brings about life and life to the full. Man, the only response we have is gratitude, is thankfulness, is adoration, is worship. God doing what only God can do on our behalf. And I really pray that this Christmas will be marked by our conscious gratitude, worship and adoration. And just before we, we wrap up this morning and head into another carol, I would love to just pray. I want to pray for two groups of people. The first group are those, and today you're hearing about a God who loves you so much that He would come and do what needs to be done so that you can be with Him, that you can be made right with God and walk with God all the days of your life. And if that's you, I'd love to pray with you. And then I also want to pray for people who there's areas of your life that feel like, 
you know, they're not the fullness of God. They are, they are dark areas of your life and broken areas of your life. And you know that the mercy of God today is reaching out and saying, hey, would you come? Would you allow me to tend to your wounds? Would you allow me to bandage you up and, you know, to, to, to help you to grow and to set you free? And I just believe that this morning is going to be powerful because people are going to give their hearts to God and they're going to begin a journey that will never end. There's other people who are going to experience the power and the healing of God because of His great mercy. And so wherever you are right now, would you maybe just close your eyes? And I want you just in your, in your heart just to consider God. And if you're in the room and if you're honest with yourself, you are not walking closely with God. The idea of God with us isn't real for you. You haven't experienced God in your own life. Well, I want you to know that the invitation from God is there. For all who believe in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. You can be reconnected to your Maker this morning simply by a step of faith. And through your faith, God's grace will come and make you right with Him. You don't have to do anything to achieve God's love. You don't have to do anything to achieve your salvation. All you have to do is believe, put your trust in Him and watch what He does as He forgives your sin and gives you a brand new start walks with you every single day and into eternity. And with every eye closed right now, I just want to pray a simple prayer where we pray and ask God to come into our hearts. And that prayer is powerful because that's all God wants is for you to invite Him into your heart as God. And church, can we all pray this prayer so that those who this morning, you know, they really need to pray this prayer. They're not alone. And if you are one of those people and you know that today is your day where you need to open up your heart to God, would you really pray this to God? And I deeply believe and I honestly am convinced that He will hear it and what will take place in your heart is an absolute miracle. So while every eye is closed, let's all pray this simple prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I know that You love me and that You came to earth to give Your life so that I can be right with God. And so this morning, I receive what You have done for me. I accept Your forgiveness and I choose to walk with You all the days of my life and into eternity. From this day forward, Holy Spirit, would You walk with me, talk to me and live in me in Jesus' Name. Wonderful. Just while eyes are closed, I'd just love to pray for anyone who this morning, that was You. That prayer, You prayed it, but it wasn't you know, it wasn't just words for you. It meant something. If that was you, just so I know who it was, I'm just going to pray for anyone this morning who really opened up their heart to God, just so I know who to pray for. Can I just ask you just to raise your hand real quick? Just raise your hand to say, hey, that's me. I prayed that prayer this morning and I opened up my heart to Jesus and I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying this out with faith in my heart. If that's you, wherever you're at, you want to give God a chance. Powerful man, great decision, young man. Who else this morning, with faith in your heart, you said those words and you want to experience the fullness of God in your life. If that's you, it's as simple as reaching out by faith to God. If that's you, it's another wave in a minute. Yep, powerful. Well done, young man. So proud of you. This is the most, begin, the most exciting beginning of a new journey. Anyone else right now? Wow. Well, Jesus, I just want to thank you so much for those. Lord, those who this morning have opened up their heart to you. Lord, I thank You that what is taking place right now in their hearts is a miracle. 
that you are making your home with them and that you will never leave them nor forsake them. That from this day forward, God, nothing will stand between them and you because you have forgiven their sin, made them righteous by your own hands and by your own work and you have given them eternal life. We thank you that they secure in you. In Jesus' wonderful name, Amen. Can we give it up for those who responded this morning? What a powerful, powerful decision. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.